Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. Welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason. Episode 50. We, this is a, it's a big deal. It's exciting. Yeah, you know, who would have thought we would have made it to 50 episodes? Yeah, exactly, man. We, we, we were just starting and wondering if we were even going to make it to five episodes, and now we've added a zero to it, and uh, it's been a fun ride, man. It's been a lot of fun. It really has. It really has. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and we've got a, we got a fun one coming today. Uh, we get to talk to, uh, in a little bit here, we get to talk to a Bulldog legend, a big-time former football player. Yeah, uh, you know, ran for, had multiple uh, thousand-yard seasons rushing uh, for Fresno State. Um, but yeah, had an unbelievable career during those Pat Hill days where it was anybody, any time, any place. Um, just yeah, very physical football teams where it was just they just seemed like they were just producing running backs after running backs year in and year out. But yeah, definitely uh, to have uh, Dwayne Wright, who's now you know the Roosevelt head football coach, to have him on is uh, pretty cool, pretty special. Yeah, it was a it was a really fun conversation to hear to hear from a guy like that who played at such a high level, got to play in the NFL, uh, holds Bulldog records, you know, and to be a part of a, a you know a running back room like that with all those legends that were kind of there at the same time, uh, and to still go for a thousand yards several times, and man, just a, dude just had a, a big time career. So yeah, a lot of fun, and now he's uh you know he's giving back, and he's the head head football coach just announced at uh at Roosevelt High School, like you said. So yeah, he's doing some some special things right now and it was a it was a really fun conversation with Dwayne so uh, we'll get you guys to that in a, in a couple minutes here but uh I think you're really gonna enjoy this one it was a it's a fun conversation but uh yeah another uh you know what else been going on I saw Fresno State basketball got a got a nice win the other day over uh Cal Poly yeah uh dominating victory yeah they, darn near almost 40 but I think the best part was probably Junior Ballard right the game that he had um right I think this was only his fourth game back. I think they were kind of slowly easing him into things. Um, but for him to have the explosion that he did and to have that type of night was very big for him. Uh, obviously, Orlando Robinson just dominating like he's he's been doing that all year. But, yeah, it was good to see Fresno State, what they were doing. And uh, it's, you know, yeah, they just – great victory. And But it's good to see guys like Junior Ballard, you know, who's had the injuries in the beginning of the year now starting to, you know, be the player that we were used to we're accustomed to seeing yeah he looked like uh he looked like old high school but christian jr ballad right there i mean it was yeah. just knocking everything down that had to feel good for him right kid kid who was uh who played at cal poly transferred from there yep. to here to go and play against his old teammates and his old coaching staff and you know that had to that had to be a good good time for him so yeah he looks he's starting to really come along there guys you know him and jamal baker who was a legend they they both uh they both played well and uh, starting to see, you know, what we can, uh, maybe what we're going to see out of the rest of the year out of these guys. Yeah, it's you know, everyone's kind of talked about Fresno State, you know, just the what they are expecting out of, you know, out of them this year with just the high expectations, and you know, they are so far have been living up to the hype. Yeah, and that's you know, you hate to say it, but there's there's a lot of times where you know, there's Fresno State seasons have had a lot of hype, and they just don't ever quite live up to it. But so far, so good. They're actually uh, they're actually playing well, so. Uh, it's exciting to watch. I think they got a this week, right? They got a I think they got a Pac-12 matchup coming up soon. So I think it was Utah or somebody. But 
uh, yeah, so they got some fun stuff coming up, and uh, they're they're a lot of fun to watch right now, man. You mentioned Orlando Robinson has just been uh, unstoppable so far. Yeah, and then other news, right? We had the HIT Bruce Bowen coming back in town, uh, taking his team from Texas and just taking care of business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just kind of rolled through everybody and took care of business there. So yeah, your your Hoover Holiday Invitational champion is uh, Bruce Bowen and his boys from Texas. Yeah. So that'll be good. And then uh, I know, what is it, West? Close West is out in Vegas. Memorial's out in Vegas. Yep. Both are doing well. Close West girls are out in Arizona. Yep. As, um, is, uh, as is Carruthers girls. Yeah, so it's um, big time out there. But I think both Clovis West and Clovis North, or Clovis West, San Joaquin Memorial are both 2-0. and And they're different. There's so many different brackets in that Tarkanian it's classic. It's just a massive tournament. And it's the same thing in Arizona. I believe there's like four different brackets as well, depending on where you want to go. Yeah. Um, and then I know today, or so this comes out some, on Tuesday, but Monday you have St. Joe's versus Clovis North. Big time game. So that'll man. be a game. Um, right. And we've been kind of talking to everyone like St. Joe's is they're the top. So they're the you know, top team in the section. And you know, Clovis North will definitely find out where they're at, and you know, he definitely will change a lot of things because, at the end of the day, nobody wants to travel to the coast. Yeah, and if you can, you know, get that semifinals game at home because this, you know, this is might be the only time they play, and so if you can come out, take care of business, get that win. Yeah, it's absolutely a, a it's a monster opportunity for uh, for Clovis North to try to take care of business there. Um, yeah, there's been a couple. St. Joe's played a couple teams from the from the valley already. I, I know they played Central and but Clovis they, High. And they yeah, they beat Central. I think by like twenty. They beat yeah. Clovis High. Like I think like by like thirty or forty. Just. But this one's different, right? They're yeah. going to play against one of the elite teams. Yeah, so. you're going to play against. You know, at the end of the day, it's just. I think it's it's still early. We're still in December, but I don't. The four teams are the four teams. It's St. Joe's, San Joaquin Memorial, Clovis West, Clovis North, and what order those four are going to be, not really sure, but it just seems like those are the those so far early on in this year have been by far the differences between, you know, those four have been the best four compared to everyone else. Yeah, there's no doubt. I don't think I honestly don't see that I don't see anything changing that this year. I don't know there's any nobody else on, on my radar that I I can see, you know, mixing that up a little bit, but you know, who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. But it, you're you're absolutely right. It's still early, but um, that's the, a, that's a big time matchup. And then you have the uh, 70th annual Polly Wilhelmson Invitational Tournament down in the South Valley yeah, CVCs. South. So yeah, that's uh, you know you have Mission O, Camford West, Menachee, Dinuba, Porterville, El Diamante, CVC, Redwood, Kingsburg, Delano, Golden West, Tulare Western, Washington Union, Tulare Union, Reedley, Mount Whitney. So. That is the whole Visalia area, and Union don't mess around, man. They just got done playing, and they're just right back in another tournament. That's no practice for Washington Union. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, you know, that tournament always gets overlooked a little bit just because it's not right here in town. But you're right; it's a big deal. It's a big tournament. Long, they've been doing that one a long time, and uh, some of those teams you mentioned. I mean, Dinuba, they're off to a big start. No, yeah, and this will be this will be interesting because if. Dinuba's a very good team. They've always been a very good program, um, a program that gets overlooked a lot. And, you know, with the whole new rankings and everything going on, um, this Dinuba can end up being in like a Division Two or, you know, like. I mean, they with the open division, they could even be in Division One. 
Well, there's only how there's many only four in the open, so it's not like. But is there going to be the next eight in Division One? Yeah, then there's just eight. It's not like uh, in you know you have like the sixteen and stuff like that. So well, let's we'll see how it's. You can only really look at the max preps rankings right now, but they've got Dinuba really high. No, yeah, and then uh, like even teams like Kalinga, who usually go and win like twenty some games, like they could end up in you know. And so that's that's that'll be the interesting thing is because some of these schools, you know, they're gonna be. 20 you know some of these schools could be 25 and 3 20 you know or 23 and 3 or something like that or 24 and 2 and you know they're division fours division fives division threes and you can end up being in like you said a division one or you know division two you know like so it'll be interesting to see how some of these rankings and some of these tournaments play out yeah exactly it's definitely gonna be interesting um I'm gonna be. I'm curious too to see what how some of these coaches handle this. I've heard, I've actually heard of. I've heard a few coaches already talking about, you know, they're saving, saving one or two contacts, um, for the end of the year so they can reach out to other coaches and say, say you know like look I'm projected to be a, a 16 seed right now or a one seed and I need to, you know, try to get another game to adjust that a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how these coaches play that and maybe add a, add a game right at the end to try to. Try to play play it out in their favor a little bit more. Yeah, it'll be interesting too. And then I know uh, women's side. There's uh, the Dinuba tournament for women. So, um, but yeah, and then we have Clovis Elks coming up right after Christmas. You know, so that's yeah, it's definitely tournament time. Um, heart of basketball season. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I haven't seen any sort of bracket or, or schedule yet for the Clovis Elks. No, yeah, I know Heinz was looking for another team, so yeah. I think they're trying to hope they can get one more team in or. It's, yeah, you either hope one more team you can get or you hope one more team drops out because you want an even number. It's hard to run a tournament with an odd odd number. Yeah, exactly. Tizel just had to go through that with uh with the Hoover tournament with an odd number there. But uh yeah, man, it's uh I'm excited. That the that Clovis Elks tournament's always a always a good time, always a good place to go catch a game. Uh especially that week. It's that week between uh you know, Christmas and New Year's. It's you know, kind of for me, at least, it's kind of a slow, relaxing week, and you know, good time to go catch a game. So yeah, it's always, yeah, it was always usually, you know, they always go on December twenty sixth, day after Christmas, you get that thing going. But yeah, it'll be fun. Um, you know, the, what makes that Clovis High tournament cool too is you know both gyms are just right there. Um, you don't, you know, you just walk across. You know, it's about thirty second walk to the other gym if need be, and. So yeah, everything you need is right there. But yeah, it'll you know it's Clovis Elks has always been a fun tournament, a great tournament. Um, you've had some unbelievable teams come in back in the day when you had like McClymans. Um, you've had teams from like L.A. and just just you know a lot of lot of talent has come through that tournament. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's another big time tournament. So a lot of fun, great place to catch a game. Highly encouraged. Anybody listening, if you're uh, you know bored on any of those days, go out there and catch a game. It's a it's a fun tournament. Always, always, always is. So, yeah, man, it's a you know it's tournament season. Like you said, I'm I'm excited here. Even some of these tournaments, like we talked about, that aren't in town, I'm excited to see how these how Clovis West you know those, how those results come in and you know Clovis West girls out in Arizona, Crothers girls. Um, you know, I saw that they won their first game. Both girls teams won their first game in Arizona, and I think they go down in Arizona and. I, I think they have to play. Is there a shot clock down there? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's a little bit different down there. Yeah, it's one of the biggest that girls basketball tournaments, like one of the biggest like tournaments on the West Coast. 
for yeah. Arizona. And there's all these different divisions and stuff. And saw that uh, Stahowski hosted uh, Clovis West girls and the Campbell's team there. Yeah, I saw that on uh, on social media there. Yeah, House uh, brought it brought welcome the whole team into his house there. That was good to, good to see. They were watching film at the house at the house residence there, and uh, yeah, good stuff. So, but yeah, man, it's uh, episode fifty. We've uh, you know been counting down the numbers here, getting down to number fifty here. I got a feeling that before we even blink and realize it, it's going to be uh, uh, you know episode one hundred is going to be right on us. 50, yeah. 50 sure snuck up on us pretty quick here. So, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy this one. Episode 50 featuring Bulldog legend uh, Dwayne Wright. Hope you guys enjoy this one. I, I I really did. I thought it was a lot of fun. So I'm going to get you to it right here on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast, Jason. I'm excited about this one. We got a we got a legend on the phone with us today. He's uh he's done some big things in the football world and uh had some big big moments as a as a Fresno State Bulldog too. Yeah, uh he ran for over a thousand yards multiple times for Fresno State during those, you know, Fresno State heydays with Pat Hill and um yeah, some great teams back then. So yeah, it'll be definitely fun to go back and reminisce. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're joined today by the legend himself, Mr. Dwayne Wright. How you doing today, Dwayne? I'm doing well. How, how are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. We're excited to hear the story. And uh, before we move move on too much here, con- first of all, congratulations! You just uh, made some news the other day. Got got a new new uh, new, new gig there as the head head man at uh, Roosevelt High School. Yeah, it's such a blessing. You know, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been uh, grinding and I've uh, been so humbled and having the pleasure to work with so many great people around, man. And uh, I'm just fortunate uh, to have the opportunity. Love the staff that you're putting together too. All the old former Fresno State guys, and that's uh, you know, it as you know, it takes a village, and it looks like you're putting together a great village over there. Yeah, you know. Uh, you know, first first things first, you know, I always want to make sure I go back home. You know, I go back to where um, it all started. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that are, are coaching and, you know, wanted the opportunity to, uh, you know, coach as a unit. Like we, you know, we bled together as Fresno State Bulldogs, you know, Bulldog born, Bulldog bred. And I wanted to make sure that I reach out to those guys as well. Um, I'm a blue collar type of person. You know, I've always worked from the bottom up. I've always had to, you know, fight for everything that I earned. Um, so I wanted to bring those type of coaches around um, because if you look at the type of uh, demographics that we're at at Roosevelt High, those are the same type of people that are around. You know, you have, you know, some mothers, you have some fathers, um, you have some student athletes that may not have, you know, um, parents, you know, may have guardians, you know, and they all have to work hard to, you know, put food on their tables and, and work hard to pay those bills. And, you know, those student athletes, you know, they're coming hungry. You know, they don't have a lot of things to really look forward to that's positive around the neighborhood so we're going to bring some positivity not only in the football program but we're talking about the whole athletic program i'm just so honored um that mr lopez larry lopez our athletic director gave me the opportunity also um our principal mr larry allen gave me the opportunity uh to showcase what i know and my knowledge and my experiences and uh bring it to roosevelt football yeah we love it man i I think 
I think everybody knows that uh, Roosevelt's kind of been a sleeping giant over there, right? We saw it. We saw it recently with the basketball teams, the boys and girls basketball teams making making deep runs at a state title. And uh, man, if that could de- if that energy could just spread campus wide, that's a that's a, that'd be a special thing on campus there. It's very special. Like uh, it's refreshing, you know, being on campus every single day. You know, just seeing the students, just seeing, uh, you know, even some of the teachers that are just involved in some of the players. Um, you know, likes, um, but, you know, we're just trying to bring more of that. You know, that's why it's very important that we bring that Bulldog tradition on campus as well, especially with the football program, only because we know what it takes, you know, to start from the bottom and be that gentle, uh, silent giant that people call us. And as soon as they play us, you know, they see something different. But, you know, it all starts in the classroom. So I wanted to make sure that people are around these uh, student-athletes you know, not only on the football field, but, you know, the academics. We're trying to do something special when it comes to the graduation rates. Um, so that's most important. Most importantly is getting these student-athletes in this offseason, you know, nailed down for their academics, and that's something that's going to get them to the next level in college. Absolutely, man. Well, you, uh, you, you know, you quickly mentioned there, you know, starting from the bottom. And uh, let's go back to, to your early days here. You know, we were just sitting here chatting before we got you on the line and, you know, talking about Lincoln High and uh, just all the different athletes that have come out of there. So let's talk about your high school days for a bit. Yeah. Um, well, before Lincoln High School, you know, I was a, a part of a really big-time youth football program called the Skyline Tigers. Um, and most of those athletes that you hear about at Lincoln High School or even NFL, uh, you know, MVPs, we all started out in southeast San Diego um, at Morse High School, Lincoln High School, and Skyline Pop Warner and Lincoln uh, had a, their pop winner, which was the Valencia Park Hornets. So you heard the names of Terrell Davis, you know, Marcus Allen, Achilles Smith, those type of guys. We all played in the same area and grew up in the same, uh, you know, um, I guess, Tulich. So when I went to Lincoln High School, um, I was an all-area, all-blue-chip, uh, all-American, um, number one running back in the area, um, all of those good things. Um, nine out of ten votes out of the Long Beach Press since Marcus Allen. Um, you know, all those kudos wouldn't even be what they were if it wasn't for, you know, my parents. You know, um, I never met my real dad. My father, uh, you know, was never in the picture. Um, but my mom raised me as long as my stepfather, uh, Will Washington, raised me and taught me the game of football and the business of football. Um, and then my uncle, Eddie Ford, was a San Diego legend, Morris High School, um, Colorado Boulder, um, Buffalo, and he was a running back as well. And he taught me a lot about being a running back and, you know, footwork and training me all the way up through college and the NFL. Um, I had a great supporting cast of coaches. The coaches at Lincoln High School in Southeast San Diego, they care about you. Um, they do more than just, you know, coach football. These are your uncles. These are your grandpas. You know, these are your brothers. So, they made sure, you know, that none of us failed. Um, if we did fail, that was our own choice, but we just had helping hands back then. So these are the type of things that helped me, you know, growing up, especially at Lincoln High School. No, yeah. I've, so my parents, Dwayne, graduated from Sweetwater High. Chula Vista. Yep. So that's where – so I knew uh, – and then I had my uncles all played down in San Diego as well. So that's where both my parents were from. So I knew all about Lincoln High and just, you know, everything about it and just the athletes, not only just football, but, you know, you also, you know, former Bulldog Dominic McGuire and then, you know, got even Norman Powell in the that's NBA. Right. So 
just, yeah, just, you know, the athletes that have came out of there and you talked about, was that something that you wanted to do knowing the history of Lincoln high, or is it more just because you grew up with those guys and the transfer to Lincoln? Well, it wasn't hard for me uh, to make a decision or any other, you know, young uh, student athlete in Southeast San Diego or San Diego as a whole, but Southeast San Diego was special. Um, you know, in our, within our neighborhood, we had notorious gangs. You know, we also had, you know, murders and things of that nature. But, you know, the athletes were the ones who were doing all the big things. You know, they were the ones who, you know, were beating all the odds and the statistics in our community and actually going to college and coming back and, you know, still working out with us, you know, and still showing up at the games. You know, our high school coaches were showing up at the parks and, you know, making sure they're wearing their school colors and, you know, actually athletes really didn't have a choice in my neighborhood. Either you was going to Lincoln High School or Morris High School. That was okay. it. So that's the same thing that I want to bring to Roosevelt. You know, if you're in our area, you have no choice, you know, but to go to Roosevelt because you know how good of a product we're trying to put out. And the product is academics first. And then the second product is the coaching. You know, we're bringing in coaching um, that's going to have a lot of experience and from the same type of background as myself, from the same breed as myself. So, these kids are going to see a carbon copy, but they're also going to see some expertise. So that's what, you know, I, I took away from, you know, growing up in Southeast San Diego and Lincoln High School. No, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. I love, too, how you brought in Ricky McCoy, big Ricky. Not, you know, Roosevelt grad, but played at Fresno State. But just, you know, that's another person that can definitely relate on a whole nother level just because he went through those hallways, right? Like he did exactly what hopefully, that you know, your players are trying to uh, get to. Right. Ricky is just, he's phenomenal. I mean, he coached with us uh, last year um, during our COVID season and also the year before that. Um, but he was doing his professional, you know, career and he was following that and he's still following it. But, I mean, he is such just a great guy to be around, especially um, these young athletes. They come on campus and they may see him, you know, at practice or they look up to him, seeing him work out before, you know, practice, things of that nature. And, you know, I'm I'm yeah, I'm older than him, but at the same time, man, he is just so grateful um, to just give back to Roosevelt, and that's what it's about bringing people in. You know, that knows what it's about and grinding for the community as well. So yes, he is a great addition. So we talked about those, uh, you know, your days at Morris and Lincoln, and I mean, the list of guys that come out of Lincoln—that's a—that's impressive, man. That's <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. What's it like to be a part of right. a legacy like that? Look, let me tell you, man. I'm so thankful um, to even come out of Lincoln High School. Um, I was the last draft pick out of Lincoln High School, the first of the millennium. So we're still waiting on some guys. There, there. We have some awesome uh, students that I haven't really talked to them personally, you know, due to my schedule. But I've been following Lincoln High School. And Coach David Dunn, another Southeast legend, Morris High School graduate, um, Fresno State Bulldog, has been doing an awesome job with those young men in Lincoln High School. Um, so I know we have some draft picks coming on the way. And then also Morris High School um, as well, where my son played. My son is a uh, uh, junior, about to be a senior, um, leading rusher in Morris High School. And, uh, you know, 6'1", 218-pound kid. So um, he's a running back as well. So that community is just has great leadership. That's a big high school back there. That's a load to <laughs> yeah, try to man, tackle in high uh, school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a he's a pretty big kid. And uh, Tracy McNair is doing a good job with that high school. We're talking about 
we're talking about Lincoln and Morris High School in the last four years, they have been to three uh, CIF championships. They won, I believe, two out of three. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think that's something like, uh, yeah, they, they won two uh, CIF championships. Lincoln have won, I mean, in the last five years. I believe they won three or four. Um, you know, so San Diego High School, you know, that's still Southeast San Diego, San Diego products, you know, with uh, Charles James. I mean, I'm naming guys that I grew up watching and played with. I mean, the, the Southeast San Diego um, not only produced football players, but let's talk about all of the coaches as well. We're spreading out all across, you know, California. Um, now the Valley, you know, I'm the first, I believe, one of the first San Diego head coaches um, coming back from Fresno State. So it's just it's just a good year, um, and I look forward to, uh, you know, just moving forward and being positive about it. Yeah, man. So when you uh... – you know, after after high school, you you finished up at Lincoln, and you you eventually wind up at Fresno State. But didn't you take a, a little different route to get there? Yeah, um, out of Lincoln High School, uh, I got a full ride to Washington State University under Mike Price, and uh, there was a situation with the coaching staff, so he ended up parting ways and going to uh, parting ways. Got fired the first year, um, so they ended up sending me to West Hills Community College in Coalinga for a year. I was wondering uh, how, how you wound up in, <laughs> in Coalinga. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people always wonder, like, how did – well, the, the story is, and it's coming from my own mouth, is uh, Washington State um, at the time, um, Coach Mike Price wanted to place me somewhere where I'm still academically sound and I still had all three years to play. Um, I started off as a gray shirt, so the best opportunity, there was a relationship between Coach Mark Gritton at um, West Hills College is still one of my mentors, and um, they ended up sending me there to sit out. I sat out a whole year. It was horrible. Um, I sat out a whole year watching um, other people play, you know, balling, and, you know, I was cutting yards and filming all the practices and working out and staying under, you know, uh, nine units at the time. And then I got a phone call at the end of that summer saying, hey, come out to Alabama. <laughs> so Coach Mike Price got the head coaching job at Alabama at the time. I believe this was 2001. And, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I was married at the time. I had, uh, you know, a daughter. And we both decided, you know what, we're not going to go all the way to Alabama. But we're going we're gonna to think about it. Before I could even think about it, Pat Hill was already knocking at the door uh, with the whole coaching staff and, you know, <laughs> And uh, Coach John Settles, the running back coach, loved what I did, and I ended up signing with Fresno State. So that's the story, um, how it happened. I, I played one season at West Hills College and became a Hall of Famer there under Mark Gritton. Did a really good job there and uh, decided to be a Bulldog. So what was what was that transition from San Diego to Kalinga, California like? <laughs> I laughed. But you know what? At the time, it was horrible because, you know, you're talking about a San Diego beach kid, you know, walk around in shorts and sandals. And, you know, we're playing basketball year round and football outside and going to the beach and surfing and doing whatever, boogie boarding and all that good stuff, you know, as a San Diegan. And then I'm going to a small town and, and basically in the middle of the hills were a whole bunch of farms and prisons were. You yeah. know, but at the end of the day, I was thankful for it because what it did was Coach Mark Gritton did a good job at sitting, 
you know, me down and, and just mentoring me all the way through the process and keeping me stable and active with jobs and, you know, making sure my academics, Coach Coda, Jesse Coda, real, uh, he's a legend in the Valley running back coach. He was an academic counselor. So he, between him and Coach Gritton, um, and uh, they kind of kept me, you know, in line, you know, through it all. I love it, man. Well, you, uh, you eventually, you know, Pat Hill shows up and you wind up going to Fresno State. And you talked about being a West Hills Hall of Famer, but you had you had a similar career at Fresno State too, man. There were some some absolute monster games. I'm I'm I remember especially a a big time game against I think it was it Louisiana Tech where it went for like two ninety five. Yeah, Louisiana Tech, uh, two thousand and six. Um, I was really sick, like really sick, but uh, I still played, and uh, you know. That game was it was really cold, and we needed to win that game for pride. That year, we didn't have a real successful year, um, but we had a successful year as a team. Coach Pat Hill took those Bulldogs logos off our helmets, and we only rocked the V. <laughs> you know, that's how bad it was that year. But, you know, just as a team, we learned how to work together, and some of those guys are my best friends. But, yeah, 295 yards. Um, uh, I think it was two touchdowns. Yeah, game winner touchdown and that was the 60 year record or 54 year record that I broke um and uh, I don't even think it's gonna get broke again unless my son go to Fresno State but <laughs> yeah that that record is gonna stay gonna stay there for a while well that's what's crazy too right you you go for 295 but the team needed every single one of those because I think the the last one to get you to 295 that was the game winner yeah that was a game winner the whole time you know they've been stacking the box and you know, our quarterback, Tommy Branstetter, he was just awesome. Like, he, he was awesome. And our receivers, Joe Fernandez, our old line. I mean, everybody, Paul Williams, everybody was doing such a good job. Um, Damon Jenkins, you know, congratulations on the Kerman job. But everybody played an important role in that game because we did not want to lose to Louisiana Tech <laughs> in the code. You know, so, yeah, that, that put me over. And um, that actually led me to just – making my decision that game. That game, I was like, you know what, I have a family. And, you know, I, I've, I've played college football for a while now. You know, I got injured and stayed out for two years. It's time for me to showcase my talents in the NFL. So um, Pat Hill gave me the love and, and gave me the nod, and uh, I went ahead and declared myself. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, So when you look back on your, on your Bulldog days, I mean, you mentioned the injuries right there, but um... – was that was 06 that was your big year right well not necessarily um so 2004 um uh, so in 2003 remember i was sharing time uh, with some great running backs um bryson sumlin window mathis ronnie davis um, right wasn't ronnie, ronnie davis. davis and also um don't forget about um uh matt rivera so yeah maddie um, i was sharing yeah, Maddie, Maddie. Was high, baby. With all those guys, man. Yes, I was sharing time with all those guys and still had over a thousand yards um, rushing. And then, um, you know, going into my next year, I earned the starting role and um, Heisman watch all that good stuff and blew out my knee against Kansas State. I've already had over two hundred plus yards, two touchdowns, and this was going into the third quarter. And uh, all I can remember is hearing in my head, "My career's over. I'm done." I'm done. I'm done. And then, you know, getting reassured by my teammates, you know, to stay hopeful and get healthy. And, you know, everybody, uh, Miguel Rueda, our, our um, 
our trainer at the time, um, and then Layla um, Almaty. She was working with me the whole time during my two-year duration, and you know I thank her, I thank them for actually, you know, bringing me back 100% for that next year. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't understand. I only played two years at Fresno State, you know, with all the records and things of that nature. Um, I've only played two years, so if I, you know, would have got blessed to play all four, <laughs> like you know, most of the running backs get a chance to do, or three years. Um, I probably would have shattered all the records, but, you know, again, I'm just thankful to be a part of that big-time list, you know, with all those big-time running backs and players. What's crazy, too, is, you know, your first year you shared time. Like, you know, you still rushed rush for over 1,000 yards, but, you know, you still, you know, like you still had, like you said, you had Rodney Davis the year before had ran for over 1,000 yards. You had Bryson Sumlin. Like, you had a – you guys had a – very crowded backfield, a very talented, yeah, talented we backfield. We did. And you know what? It's important, and I'm glad you brought that up, because um, that is exactly how my mindset is as a coach. And that's exactly how I want these student-athletes to approach, you know, our Roosevelt mindset. You know, moving forward, our mindset is, look, we know that we're blue-collar. We know we're going to work harder than anybody, but we're going to do it in such a fashion that, you know, by us working during all season, by us getting our academics straight, you know, by us going out in the community and showing the face and let them know that Roosevelt football is here and is here to stay, you know, by them knowing that, you know, they have a head coach, you know, a new head coach that's going to be here and, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm settled with my family. You know, I've already made it to the, the most highest you can make it as a player, you know. So um, right now I'm just focused on, you know, every day, every week, every year, every month, day by day, you know, and uh, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, now, you you had the chance to play as with your time as a Bulldog, obviously. You got to play for Coach Pat Hill. And, uh, you know, talk about that, that 06 season maybe wasn't the best, but Pat is still, you know, he's a legend in, in the Bulldog world. So what was it like playing for Coach Hill? And uh, you got any – you got any fun, fun Pat Hill stories for us? <laughs> Man, look, Pat Hill is probably one of the best coaches I ever played with. And I played for some good coaches, but he's like top two. Um, under Pat Hill, you know, it's not no tolerance. Um, Coach Pat Hill, he will let you know how it is, no matter what the filter is. And he will tell you what you need to do. And if you don't, he'll tell you the results. <laughs> um, he made sure that I was always um, okay, meaning, you know, mentally. And that's one thing that I do appreciate about Coach Patio. Um, for me, it wasn't the physical, you know, it wasn't my appearance. It wasn't, you know, how I spoke, you know, to the, to the media or the community or how I performed on the field. It was more of the mental capacity of what to expect in my future. He always put me in a better situation of thinking ahead. You know, he's been very influential into my coaching career as well. You know, West Hills College, Fresno City, um, Roosevelt High School, um, like even Fresno State Bulldogs, you know, me being interested, you know, three years ago, you know, under uh, uh, one of the past coaches I don't even want to mention. Uh, but um, he's definitely been influential into the mental capacity as a player. I mean, when you see the handlebar mustache, that's what it is. He is. 
is not to be messed with, but he also had a heart too. So I want people to know that, like, even though he looks like he, he was tough all the time, you know, Coach Pat Hill was very emotional, but he was a tough coach. Um, the coaches around him were the same. You know, they all had their different um, personalities and things of that nature, but um, they were for the players. They were player coaches, and they didn't take nothing from nobody else. So that's my experiences um, as a coach with Pat Hill. No, yeah. it's So you – I don't know if this is going to be going back in memory lane. So you played in that bowl game, right, your – guess your first year at Fresno State you guys played in that bowl game against UCLA right you had you right. you guys really like you shared you know you uh Rodney Davis Bryson something you guys all shared the ball but what was it like you know you guys beat UCLA but you know UCLA had a pretty good running back at the time as well and Maurice right. Jones drew so what was that you know what was that like and then do you remember what uh what you got for like bag wise from that from the Silicon Bowl Man, look, let me tell you, I couldn't <laughs> wait to be down UCLA. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing about it right now, my son is getting recruited by UCLA. So um, I don't want to say a lot because, you know, like, my son is still <laughs> out there getting getting recruited. But I will say this, man, much respect to uh, to UCLA and, and, and Jones Drew. We go back far even in the NFL and even, you know, seeing him in high school and hearing about him. Um, but yeah, man, we were sharing time and I had my carries and did my thing and all of us did our thing as running backs. Um, but I always remember at the end of the game, <laughs> they didn't want to, a lot of the players didn't want to shake our hands, um, Fresno State hands because, you know, we came in very, very hungry and they came in and couldn't believe how hard they were getting hit. Hmm. And, uh, that's one thing I remember our defense just attacking their offense, just hitting hard and you know, knocking the quarterback down and getting up and helping them up, you know, Garrett McIntyre and all these type of guys, you know, Brian Morris. I mean, all of these, you know, other Bulldog legends doing their thing. Um, but it was fun. It was it was rainy, but all I remember looking up in it, because I set the bench a little bit that year, even though I was sharing time, um, I got a chance to look up in the stands and see that red wave, and that's what it was about. I mean, we were deep, you know, Fresno State was in San Jose, reckless and um, yeah, it was fun time. No, I definitely I remember that game because I was actually at that game, and so um, Jazz Baines, I went with Jazz Baines' brother Herm, and so we actually drove home. <laughs> right. We drove back with Jazz after that game, but I remember that game vividly. And now I remember just the sounds of the hitting and just the grind. It was, it oh, was, yeah. it was just it was a slugfest. Like every you know when they talk about cover every inch of you know grass every blade of grass man that's what that game was every yard every inch had to be earned in that one wow yeah i remember that too man um it was just awesome and one good memory from that game i think you asked me what was another memory um we were walking back and so happened to be me and bernard bearing we were just walking he was with his family and i was with my dad and my mom and my kids we were walking back and he personally told me he was like d right i'm just gonna tell you right now to stick to being you, be humble, bro. He was like, you're going to go to the league. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I'm just out here grinding. He's like, look, trust me, man. He's like, you're the next one, man. And I was like, you know, I gave him a handshake or whatever. We kept walking. And um, I've always bring that up to Bernard. We've been talking lately. But I've always bring that up to him. He's like, yeah, man, I remember that, man. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy that I ended up two years later, you know, following you in the NFL. So, you know, I want to thank Bernard Berrien too, man. He was always such 
he was an inspiration in his own way, and he was serious about his craft. So that's one thing I remember from that game too. Are we? Are we? Uh, I know you have to be working on Bernard, getting him to switch, getting him to come over to Roosevelt. <laughs> I know you got to be working on him. Uh, no comment, man. No comment. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm just. I'm just, you know, being D right, and those who know me, man, knows I just came a long way, man. I, 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 um, I, I, I have a lot of positive people that support me, man, and I, you know, I have that little handful of haters that inspires me. And the thing with that is, you, there's not a successful pe- person in the world that don't have a couple haters. And my thing always been is to change a hater into a follower, and that's what I've been doing. You know, um, I've been going out and doing special things for people they wouldn't even expect, you know, just a lot of the homeless, you know, a lot of uh, our players at Roosevelt football, um, I take them to the church and they do special things in the community. And I was already doing this as assistant coach, you know, going out and, you know, dressing them up in bow ties and, you know, wearing, you know, suit tops and vests and, you know, just teaching them how to be men, you know, and being respectable and, and taking them out of their comfort zone. So, um, yeah, so, that's just me, you know, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to work on those Bulldogs who need a home to coach, but we're focusing as well on these players. Yeah, man, <clears throat> that's awesome. I love it. So you, you finished up your time as a Bulldog, you know, you, you, you have this legendary Bulldog career setting records and then the league comes, right? What, what was that like, you know, going to the league and just uh, that transition process? What was that? How'd that go down for you? Oh, uh, I don't know. It was it was real stressful at the beginning. Um, I, I you know I, I had I, I always had the aspirations of going to the NFL as a young kid. I already knew I was going to go, and I knew it. You know because the hard work that I put in, and and I wasn't going to be denied. But once I got there um, on pre drafts, my agents kept saying, "Hey, you know we're going to go to Atlanta Falcons." Oh, I was so proud and happy, and I thought I was going to be Atlanta Falcon. Because at the time they had work done, but they're going to trade work done, uh, which means that there was going to be a running back spot wide open. And I fit their office at the time. And um, come draft day, first day come, I'm getting phone calls. Denver, hey, you know, we're thinking about taking you, you know, middle of the second round, just have your phone. You know, all of these different teams. Um, Minnesota, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to be with Bernard Berrien and, all of these different guys, you know, in the future. But I think Bernard was at Chicago. No, he was at uh, Minnesota, I believe. Um, all these different players, you know, that I've seen playing the NFL, Chargers called me right before the third round. Hey, just have your phone ready. We're going to, you know, we're going to give you that call. Now I'm thinking I'm going to be at home in San Diego. So you can kind of see what my mindset was. It was all over the place. Went to sleep, nothing happened. Whole family over in San Diego, the whole block is full. We literally had a block party. The next day, the whole block come out again, have a huge block party, get a phone call. It was about 10.30 in the morning. I see a 714. I'm like, okay, I'm a communications major, and I've seen area codes (laughs) with the 714, and I know it's not California, but I know it's the East Coast. Answer the phone, it's Buffalo Bills. Hey, you know, we're going to take you and select you fourth round, 111 pick. You know, we're going to fly you out. Congratulations. I talked to the head coach, to, you know, everyone, the owners, Ralph Wilson, rest in peace, um, in Buffalo. There you go. Then I see that earlier that day, Marshawn Lynch was at Buffalo. So I'm like, oh, man, my dog, we're going to be together. You're going to be, you know, and that was it for draft day. 
you know. Um, and that was probably my happiest moment in the NFL, uh, the draft. So what, like, did you have, like, certain teams? Because obviously, right, like, you kind of have an idea, like, is there, like, were there about 10 teams that you knew, like, hey, these are the 10 teams I might be going to? Or was it, like, Buffalo was just, was that, like, a complete shock or? That was a complete shocker. Um, I'll tell you right now, um, I literally thought that I was going to be a Houston Texan um, second round. And the reason why a lot of my checks kind of went north, um, the injury in 2004 was a red flag in the draft, which I've already knew at the combine. I did awesome combine um, numbers. You know, I did everything I was supposed to do. Um, so my draft stock was, was good. Um, the worries of the NFL for me was can his knee hold up, you know, which I've already put up to, you know, a whole season getting the ball 261 time attempts or, you know, and going over 1,500 yards, 1,400 yards. And they didn't want to take a risk, so my draft stock dropped. Um, it dropped around, and that's how you know. You kind of know, you know, they go by injuries and they also go by um, their needs, you know. Um, so I had five teams. I didn't have ten, but I knew though who those five teams were. And I knew, again, a lot of Falcons were – they were on me all the way through college. Uh, you know, from my sophomore year, um, I kind of knew. And then all the way through uh, my senior year, uh, my junior year, I'm sorry, I knew that, you know, Atlanta Falcons were the ones and then Texans and them were the top two once I was training. And none of them picked me up. <laughs> so – the NFL, you will never know what's going on. You know, as a young, as a young athlete, you kind of just have to just, you know, work hard and expect the, the best of all. So what are those meetings like? Cause right. You always talk about, you know, during combines and stuff, you have the GMs, you're coming down, they're sitting you down, asking you those questions. You hear so many different like horror stories and different things like that. But was there, what was probably the weirdest question they asked you? Uh, the weirdest question I probably was asked is, uh, will I ever turn on my coach? And I was like, what? Um, um, that was, I think that was from Houston. Um, that was from, uh, the Texans. Um, and, uh, I didn't really know how to respond to that question because I've always been a loyal dude, like, you know, especially being an athlete. So I don't know if they remember if I answered that. Um, so, they do ask you crazy questions, but me being a media guy and being a communications major and, you know, being with ESPN 1430, roof, roof, you know, <laughs> as an intern, um, I was an intern before. So I, I knew how to answer questions and I knew kind of where they were going. So for me, that wasn't hard. But, yes, they will hammer you in the corner and you'll feel like just a small ant in a big room. Makes you wonder what was like. Got some teammates, got some players turning on the coaches when you ask a question like that. <laughs> right, right. So you talked about you, right? You're a California kid, grew up in San Diego, yeah. sunny San Diego. All of a sudden, you're taking your talents to Buffalo, and we're not talking about Buffalo, Texas. We're talking about Buffalo, New York, where you know you have the Bills Mafia, but we also know that is right by Canada, and we know it is cold, cold, cold. So how do you handle that cold weather? Well, just put it like this. I was probably one of the dumbest human beings on earth getting off the plane with some shorts and some sandals. And nobody told me in the springtime, well, around that time during draft, that it's going to be snowing until I seen all these people with jackets on the plane. I'm like, what? It's kind of weird, you know, seeing these people with their jackets on their jackets and beanies. And, uh, yeah, it was very cold. And uh, my home actually set 
um, right on um, Lake Erie. So my home at the time for the two and a half years there, uh, literally I can walk from my backyard and see Lake Erie and uh, the white, uh, what do they call it, the whiteout, all of this snow blowing off of Canada, Ontario will fall right on Buffalo. So, yes, it was cold <laughs> to the max. So what were the, you know, like you go, like you said, you talked about, you know, you had Marshawn Lynch there. Um, then they had, you know, Fred Jackson was there. Like they had an unbelievable quarterback or running back room. So what was that like being in, you know, the running back room with those type of talents? Man, well, me and Marshawn already knew each other, you know, from uh, growing up in California and, you know, just going through the rankings as being recruits and all that prospects, you know, all the way through college. But, um you know, we cracked a lot of jokes. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a jokester, and Marshawn's a jokester, and Fred Jackson was a jokester, and we had Anthony Thomas as well, A Train. Um, he was our vet at the time in the room, so like, you know, he was always put a, the the uh, vet card after we, you know, get on him and make fun of him and you know make those jokes, and he was always all right. So go get me lunch then, <laughs> you know, or or I need you and Marshawn to go spend twenty thousand dollars on, you know, that's the type of NFL experience that I had you know being a draft pick is very fun um, really fun it's really really fun um, especially when it comes to just being in that running back room um, Eric Studersville was our head I mean it was our running back coach so he was real fine in tuning our uh, just capabilities just from the mindset because um, the NFL is not about you know you guys probably know it's not really not about talent because you get drafted so they're not worried about talent they want to know if you can handle yourself as a player, you know, with all these different things going on with you, you know, different defenses, um, you know, just different sets, all these different plays. It's probably like 300 plays that we had in our playbook. Um, the playbook looked like a dictionary. It was just huge. Um, so you have to learn the whole playbook and things of that nature. But our backfield was fun. I enjoyed myself. Nice. Yeah, that's a lot of – That's a, I love those stories, man. That's cool that – that's cool that you uh you know you got to wind up playing with a guy like Marshawn Lynch who you'd known for so long. That's that's got to be a fun memory. Oh yeah, we were roommates. Can you believe that? So <laughs> me and Marshawn uh, actually uh, we purchased a it was like a like a condo type deal um, our our um, rookie year. So while our houses were getting built, we um we just came together and then you know you can imagine our conversation. We played a lot of dominoes and play a lot of spades and you know all the stuff we did we growing up and rapped and played a lot of music and you know it was just fun and we had a chance to actually sit down and talk about life and you know that's a real cool dude like he has a really brilliant mind um you know he has community capability like he always does you always see him doing something and i'm so glad that i have the opportunity um you know to just you know become his uh friend and we say homeboys but become his friend and actually um, still his friend to this day. So, you know, that's another thing that I'm glad I can experience because there's probably never been a coach. There's never been a coach at Roosevelt um, with the type of NFL ties that I have and just the experiences. So I'm very honored. Yeah. I can only imagine the types of guys that you're, you're going to be able to bring in to, to speak to your kids and, you know, guest appearances at practices. And that's going to be awesome for those kids. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. They need it. You know, everybody else, you know, the Edisons have such great players, you know, Buchanan's and all these different schools, Clover schools, and, you know, but it's time for Roosevelt to get the same type of, you know, treatment. And, you know, they get to experience, the student athletes get to experience a certain 
um, you know, high school experience, and that's what it's about. You want to have those memories that you can take with you. You know, you want to have those certain memories. Hey, man, remember, so, hey, Bernard Barry came and spoke to us, man, and then he was teaching our receivers one day, and then he just left, and I didn't see him again, you know. So, <laughs> you know, these are the type of – Paul Pendergrass showed up, man, and was teaching me mechanics. How many coaches in the Valley – how many coaches in the Valley can honestly do that without taking their kids to a football camp you see what I'm saying? Or taking their coaches to a seminar. You know, we can do stuff because when we say we're tight as bulldogs, we do anything for each other. So that's what it's about, um, just bringing that type of experience. So I got to ask a question. Are we uh, – the 300 plays at Buffalo, we're not – are we seeing 300 plays at Roosevelt or a little short and little playbook nah. compared to that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. Um, I'm just going to make sure that we have all of our academics first and then we'll get into the whole football deal <laughs> later. Um, I'm just proud to, you know, just bask in this whole head coaching opportunity right now. Um, I've already been to work, getting to work already since it was announced. That next hour I was already getting to work, you know, so um, this is going to be fun. No, yeah, definitely. We've, you know, we've seen on social media all the different, you know, coaches and the additions that you've brought in and, it already looks, you know, the staff, you know, alone, what you've, you know, done and the people you're bringing in is just, it's amazing. And, you know, the Roosevelt communities, you know, they're lucky to have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm lucky to have the opportunity, but it don't stop here. We got long road ahead, but I will guarantee that it's going to be fun. And it's going to be amazing for these kids to graduate out of something that they take pride in. And they've already took pride in the last four years that we were there. Um, Vince Branstetter um, did a re really good job in his four years there of building that foundation. And I was a part of it with him, um, you know, and kudos to, you know, all the coaches that was there, to Joe Shives, you know, he was awesome, you know, when it came to the O-line and things of that nature. Um, and then, you know, we just want to make sure that we build um, off of what we already built. And, and, you know, you always give kudos and blessings to those who, you know, was a part of it and there before you too. So, I mean, you know, blessings to those guys for starting the road i love it man i'm i'm uh i'm excited to see what you guys can do over there and like we said before man it's i really truly believe that roosevelt is a it's a sleeping giant over there i mean it you see it you walk through i, I walked through campus right i was going to a basketball game last year and you don't realize the level of facilities you guys have right Everything's gorgeous over there. You get on campus and all the athletic facilities, everything is really nice from every yeah, sport. Yeah, let me speak on that. Yeah, yeah. I was hate to interrupt, but see, <clears throat> Roosevelt, you, the, we're one of the oldest Fresno Unified high schools there is. Um, there's a lot, a lot of rich tradition at Roosevelt, um, a lot of rich tradition. There's a lot of alumni, uh, alumnus that came from there. You know, if you think about – the um, School of Arts alone. I mean, we have movie stars, we have actors, we have singers, we have dancers. That alone adds a whole different complexion to your campus because now you're having so many different students walk through your campus and now you want to add the athletic aspect to it. Our campuses are beautiful. Our weight room, rejuvenated, um, beautiful in our weight room, you know, our, our gymnasium, um, you know, everything that you can think of, you know, our football offices, uh, and also our football facility. We have two fields for our football facility. We have our practice field. Now we just got the bleachers added. So we have full-time bleachers on both sides. We have our uh, JV practice facility as well. So they have a whole segment of JV uh, practice facility with goalposts as well. And we're going to be adding some more dimensions to the JV practice field. 
and then also the locker room. So we're revamping a lot of different things uh, when it comes to Roosevelt, just football-wise alone. Um, it's just the little things. And, you know, nowadays, you know, that's what these student-athletes want. You know, we have uh, Sequoia Middle School, which a uh, big kudos to their championship they just won. Um, Coach Eric is doing such a good job over there. Eric Carrillo, he's part of my coaching staff as well. He's also the um, athletic director for Sequoia over there. And Tehippity, Tehippity, we have Rudy Lopez that is the athletic director over there. And these are our two feeder schools. So if you can actually bring your two feeder schools together when it comes to just being our neighborhood, Roosevelt High School, uh, you know, just for success, I mean, we're doing big things. So um, I just want to make sure that the community knows that, you know, we're we're here. We're going to be here to stay. And um, please come support us. Just support us all the way through. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Uh, man, this was fun. I, I love hearing your story and your your passion. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what comes next for Roosevelt. So uh, seriously, man, thank you for uh, taking the time and, and chatting with us today. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah. Best of luck, man. Best of luck with the season. Best of luck with your son as well. Hopefully. Oh, thank you. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully you guys interview him one time. <laughs> yeah. Because that recruiting process is no joke. So. Yeah. It's very stressful, but at the same time, you know, we're blessed. God is on our side and he's the one that has the final say. So I'm, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no stress on my end. You know, I'm just hoping that uh, the right uh, university will come along and my son will make the best decision for him. And also, best of luck with them twins because that's a definitely, definitely <laughs> no joke. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you guys put them to sleep. They're asleep now, so I appreciate you guys. <laughs> hey, there interview. we go. <laughs> so now I can get on the PlayStation a little bit in my off time. <laughs> awesome, Dwayne. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Off the Bench featuring Bulldog legend Mr. Dwayne Wright. You've been listening to the Off the Bench podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. <laughs>